and welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews, the Mifu Review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme, and this month's theme is the Jaws movies, or more specifically, shark movies. So here we have it three years after the hit that was Jaws, and hot on the heels of other animal attack movies including Grizzly, Orca and Swarm, with a lead that didn't want to be here, and Spielberg nowhere to be seen. The only sequels he did was the guy with the whip, and uh, the guy with the dino DNA. <laughs> with two directors and an uneven script, this was rushed out into production. So here we have it, Jaws 2. Let's see if it's safe to return to the waters. With its $30 million budget, this thing pulled in $208 million. Starring Rob Schneider, Lorraine Gray, Murray Hamilton, Jeffrey Kramer and Colin Wilcox. Directed by Jean Schwark. The plot, several years after the events of Jaws, Chief Brody is paranoid about sharks. Wouldn't you know it, there's another monster great white shark attacking Amity Island. Can Chief Brody save the town again or is he indeed fish food? Find out here. After the logos, the movie opens up underwater as we see two divers taking pictures of the orca fishing boat from Jaws 1. Suddenly, in a flash of teeth and blood, both are now dead as the diver's underwater camera sinks to the bottom of the ocean, flashing pictures as it does. And this fish boat looks completely different from one in Jaws, but moving on. Next day, we see Chief Brody, again played by Roy Scheider, racing in his jeep to the gala event hosted by his wife, Ellen, played once again by Lorraine Gray. He shows up just in the nick of time as a high school band is murdering downtown by Patricia Clark. He's just in the nick of time to hear Mayor Vaughan, played once again by Murray Hamilton, to open up the gala. And note, all his scenes were done in three days, as he had to be by his wife's side as she had a cancer scare. Anyway, the mayor calls Miss Amity, Tina, uh, what am I now, Tina Wilcox, put by Anne Dushenberry, her name, to open the shiny new hotel. One wee thing here, shouldn't Amity be all but dead, not a thriving town with hundreds if not thousands of beachgoers and sun worshippers? After all, several people were killed not three years earlier, but moving on, the mayor then introduced Juicy's Ellen's boss and love interest, or love rival, to Martin. Uh, Len Peterson, played by Joseph Masalo, Masakilio, pronounce his fucking name, who built the hotel and uh, other housing on the island. He also gave a money tree gift of $1,500, the cheap son of a bitch. Anyway, with the vet in full swing, Brody and Ellen moves uh, with the guests. Uh, here, the mayor introduces his son, Larry Jr., played by David Elliott. Ah, uh, he looks bored, but hey-ho, free booze. Plus, it's 1978. What else could you do in this bloody way island? Fish. Here, Pearson acts like a complete utter twat, calling Ellen honey and making her make sure the things run smoothly. He then tells Brody he doesn't know what he can do without her. Like I said, he's the love rival? Question mark? <laughs> Mike, a Brody's oldest son, played by Mark Gurner, hangs around the punch chatting with other teens, moaning about 
how lame this event is. Shouldn't you be smoking pot and having unsafe sex then? The event drags on. Even the geeks are bored and say they want to dance with Miss Amity. But she's taken by Ed, put by Gary Dublin. So she's a no-go then. Okay. Uh, the Brodies leave with youngest son, Sean, put by Mark Gilpin, fast asleep, to return home to, quote, full around, as you do. The camera cuts to the bay and we get shots of a fake lighthouse which was built specifically for this movie and a boat just bobbing around the water as underneath the surface we see a great white swimming towards the shore. And note, this is filmed in Florida and not Martha's Vineyard. Next morning, Brody gets wind out at sea there's a boat adrifting so send out his deputy Henrik played once again by Jeffrey Kramer to check it out because Brody still can't use a boat I mean, it's been three years for fuck's sake, seriously. At the dock, Mike chases away Sean, so he helps out Tina and Ed as they want to go out sailing. This little boy's a pain in the tits, but moving on. <coughs> in fact, all these teens are a pain in the tits, moving the fuck right on. More teens show up, including Andy, played by Gary Springer, Jackie, played by Donna Wilkes, Mike's blind date, okay. Brooke, played by Gigi Vaughn, her cousin, supposed to be. The two geeks from uh, the Gaga, which are our names, so I'm going to call one Mutton Chops, other one Geek One. As they perv on Tina, with one saying, quote, Did you see why she looked at you? She wants you, man. Who the fuck wrote this shit? I mean, hmm. Also, every single boy is drooling over the fresh meat that is Jackie, because... Uh, again, who wrote this shit? Can any, if not all of these teens, be eaten by the shark? Scar, as I'm going to call it. Out go all the teens on our boats. All fucking ten million of the fuckers. I swear to God, there's more boats than people live in this fucking island. Note, this is a nightmare to shoot due to the different sizes and different speeds of each and every boat. So it was a fucking nightmare to shoot, apparently. As happy music plays, the teens throw water balloons at each other and try to soak each other because fish food. Gotta have fun before they get eaten. Mutton Chops is quietly sailing his boat while reading he's hit with a water balloon. Who the fuck reads a book while sailing? I've never just set foot on a sailboat, but I'm guessing it's a lot of work trying to keep this fucking thing straight and or moving. Not just sitting there lazing about reading some shitty book. Moving the fuck right on. Back to the station as Broder has to deal with whiny townsfolk. Can these be fish food too? Hmm. As Deputy Hendrick walks in with the diver's underwater camera. Meanwhile, back on the water, a parasailer is attacked by Scar. Luckily, he gets out just in the nick of time. Too bad a water skier, played by Christine Freeman, who was a champion water skier, isn't as lucky and is eaten by Scar. Which, by the way, keeps up with a speedboat going full pelt. Who the fuck wrote this? A great white shark's maximum speed is 56 miles an hour. This boat must have been going a good 60, 70 miles an hour, so bullshit to that one. Anyway, on shore, Tina and Ed are listening to the radio and making out. Suddenly, she runs off, so he chases her. You think it's going to be a repeat of part one, but nope. She and an old woman witness the shark attack. With the skier dead, Scar attacks the boat and indeed the driver, who is played by Jean Colter, who is so afraid she douses herself in gasoline and sets herself 
a light, and indeed Scar, hence why he gets the Scar. The boat then explodes, and this is ridiculous, because a little bit of gasoline makes the whole thing go BOOM! And how the fuck did Scar survive that explosion? Moving on, here we get a good look at Scar, not 22 minutes in, and this thing looks like SHIT! If I thought Bruce looked cheap, I was wrong! Jesus, this looks like crap. Brody and Henrik are on the case with Henrik finding a boat blown to pieces about a new body. Meanwhile, Brody talks to Tina and Ed and Eddie the old woman about what happened. Quote, one minute they're having wonderful time, next minute, BOOM! Who wrote this crap? In a repeat from part one, the small police boat with Hendrik and some old guy on board is almost pulled under by something we're supposed to think is the shark, but nope, it's a power line on a power line for the island, setting up things for much, much later. Next morning, at the Brodies, some family time, except this isn't cute. This is annoying as shit, as Mike just infects with his father, and Sean acts like a little brat. Gone! Is the cute little scene with Sean mimicking Brody and indeed Brody playing around with his son. This one, as I said, has Brody on Mike's back because he used to get a job. Yawn and cut, 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 cut. Speaking of cut, cut to Tina and Ed running around the lighthouse. Suddenly she runs into the body of a dead killer whale. Take that, Orca. Oh, Orca? Uh, Orca, 1977. Note, the seagulls were tied to this fake whale. Plus, producers hated it because it looked, quote, too shiny until a production crew member told him killer whales look like that, so shut the fuck up. Brody is on the scene yet again with his new Hooper, Dr. El Elkin, played by Colin Wilcox. Where is Hooper, you may ask? Why, he's on a four-year ocean expedition in the Antarctic because reasons? She tells Brody it could be a rival killer whale after Brody rambles on about it. it could be a great white shark. Like it says, this guy's obsessed with sharks. I love her line here, quote, Sharks don't take things personally. <laughs> Jaws of revenge. <coughs> Excuse me. Brody is now obsessed with the idea of a great white shark. So I marches to the mayor to warn him about the shark. Of course he doesn't want to listen and... Brushes it under the rug yet again. How the fuck is this guy still mayor? I mean, he let several people get eaten, but moving the fuck right on. Brody storms off to patrol the beaches. Here we see, he sees a piece of driftwood with a body. It's a speedboat driver attached. Cheap scare. Yawn. Also, the stomach looks like fucking shit. Also, what... Is with this movie thinking a great white shark can swim in the water less than 15 feet deep. I mean, the when Brody wades out to the, the boat, it's less than waist deep. Cut to Brody coating his bullets in cyanide. Karen and walks Henrik, so Brody gives him the diver's camera to get the photographs developed. It's been at least several days since I had his fucking camera. Get things done pronto. Back home, a Brody hides his poisonous boats and then tells Mike he found him a job, so no more sailing. Next day at the beach, there's a ton of beach scores and some worshippers, all under the watchful eye of Brody, who's up in his lookout tower type thing. 
He sees a shape under the water, screams shark, and fires wildly into the water. Just as the mayor, Ellen and Peterson are trying to sell Amity to out-of-town investors. Here we also see Mike's new job as painting beach huts. Joys. With little Shawnee helping along too. Let's just see, rightfully so, Brody is fired. After all, he fires wildly into the water, even though there's people still in the fucking water, and he causes panic. Yet you're supposed to feel sorry for him. Nope, you're a fucking madman. You're fired! Also, he allows Sean to pick up the empty shells of the bullets, knowing very well they're fucking laced with poison. Oh my god, this movie. Sitting depressed in his little dark office, Brody gets a call saying the diver's photographs are now developed. He goes to see and finds out it's from the wreckage of the orca, plus what he thinks is a shark. Now, with photographic evidence, he demands the beach to be closed, but instead he's fired. Uh, much to Peterson's joys, as he quotes. Uh, sorry, much to Peterson's joy, also quote, I don't find it funny, woman, from part one, fires him. At a bar, the teens hang out and plot to stick out to the lighthouse first thing in the morning to drink beer, fall around and be eaten, hopefully, by the shark. Later at night, a drunk Brody arrives home, so now he's drink driving, Kieran, and spot one of the yellow barrels used in Jaws to kill Bruce as a planter plant type thing outside of Brody's home door. Or back door, rather, fuck door is. Brody toasts Henrik and hands over his badge as Ellen looks on with concern. Martin is being a complete dickhead here, but moving the fuck right on. Brody drunkenly whines to Ellen, he's blue four years of his life, then mopes and whines and moans and groans he's never been fired before in his life. Well, boo-hoo, nutbag! You're fired a fucking poisoned-laced gun, well, bullets in into the crowd and cause mass fucking panic. You should be fired! In fact, you should be fucking stuck in a nuthouse place for fucking PTS, buddy, me. Oh, God, next morning, Mike tries to sneak out. However, he is caught by Sean, who demands to go with him. Uh, off he goes with his little brother in tow. Out all the teens go sailing. Just off the coast, a scuba driving class is being taught. They're also in the hunt for lobsters, but come across old Scar, who attacks one of them. Luckily, he gets away just by one little nibble. Now, old Scar it for blood. Uh, by the way, what's with the thin view of the shark? It is beyond dumb. Next on menu, it's the annoying teens. At home, Brody finally wakes up. He checks on Mike, but thinks he's at his job, so thinks nothing of it, of his empty, messy bed. Brody takes Ellen to work, as he has to clean out his desk. Meanwhile, at sea, old Scar attacks Tina and Ed's boat, eating Ed, leaving Tina terrified. And note, Gary Dublin couldn't swim, so that's real fear in his face, as underwater divers pulled him underwater. What an asshole director this guy was. Again, these producers don't know how sharks attack. They tear into victims, not drag them around like a fucking... Oh, I don't know. Uh, heading to his office, Brody falls ambulance to the docks and here gets... Uh, sorry, here he sees the diver from the scuba diving expedition 
dying as paramedics work on him. Here Brody finds out both Mike and Sean are on the water. Rushes out to rescue them. Brody calls on the radio for a copter rescue. At sea, old Scar finally attacks the annoying teens. Panic hits as most of the boats capsize because he fucking teaches idiots all what to do is infighting, bitching, whine. Meanwhile, Brody finds Tina in tears and fear. And all she shouts is, Shark! Oh, shut up, you bitch. This is getting fucking terrible acting, by the way. Brody signals another boat to take Ellen, Henrik and Tina home. He then heads to the lighthouse to save Mike and company all alone. This guy's like a death wish now. Speaking of which, the teens are to be attacked. First to be attacked is old man Chops, who barely makes it onto Mike's catamaran. Too bad old Scar capsizes it. So, more panic hits the teens crash into each other because these are fucking idiots, as I said earlier. Mike ends up in the water with a bump on his head, so Geek 1 barely gets him out of the water as old Scar speeds past. And dear God, this shark looks cheap and ridiculous. Its mouth bends as it speeds past the fucking sailboat. Who the fuck thought that looked scary and who thought that looked good? Mike, Geek 1, and unnamed other Geek sail to shore to get help for Mike as he's bleeding from the ears, leaving the others to tie up their boats all together as Scar circles. Brody arrives at the lighthouse, demands a helicopter to find his kids, but they're too busy. Cue the most ridiculous scene in this movie as a helicopter lands next to the teens and old Scar drags it underwater to eat the pilot. Uh, I'm just about done. Old Scar then attacks the catamarans, ripping into it. And I've got to say here, the carnage from the helicopter crash rips into the old tied together boats and it causes yet more panic and yet more infighting. Now completely fucked, Scar attacks again. Sean falls in, so his unnamed girl, person who took him out in the boat, dives in to save him and she's swallowed whole again. That's not how sharks bloody well attack. Now ashore, Tina is rushed off to hospital in shock as Ellen snaps at Peterson. So she fucked a shag, mate. Out at sea, Brody is lost as a storm hits. Meanwhile, back with the teens. Sean is in shock, clinging to the dinghy for dear life. They scream at him to catch a rope, which she finally does, and the he ties it to his dinghy and to pull the dinghies closer to him as he jumps onto the teens' boats. Floating towards Junction Island, the teens' what else? By, of course, infight! Uh, note this Junction Island was two huge bar barges tied together and anchored offshore. Brody shows up to the lighthouse and sees Mike is hurt. So he tells him to go back to, to shore instead of giving him the fucking actual, I don't know, uh, police boat, which is quite fast. He gives him that shit a little sailboat there. Anyway, uh, he heads to Junction Island to save the other teens. Back to said teens as they're slowly drifting towards Junction Island. Yet more infighting and more boohooing and whining and being annoying fucking brats as they are going off course. Uh, how about you ditch the dead weight sailboats and the dinghies and you all get into one boat and sail it to the island somehow, you fucking idiots! Oh dear god, the teens get stuck on rocks, so yet more infighting, just fucking die already! They see a Brody coming, so jump up and down like a bunch of fucking idiots as old Scar rips the boats 
in half almost. No, wait, the fucking thing attacks the rope that Brody throws to the teens in order to save them. You know something? Fuck this, I'm done. This is fucking stupid. Scar's electrocuted by Brody and blows it up at the end. So, that was Jaws 2. A very generous 5 out of 10. I'm done with this thing, it's beyond fucking stupid and the acting is terrible, the teens are annoying as fuck and little Sean should be eating fucking 10 minutes in. Here, work my last fucking nerve. This shot was like shit, the script is beyond ridiculous and I hate everybody on this fucking screen. Still not mind, next week, uh, come back as I go 3D. The third dimension is laughter with Jaws 3D. Come back the other movie and indeed Deep Blue Sea to wrap up Shark Month or indeed Jaws Month. August is awesomely awful 80s, September is serial killers and October is tremors. So don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at here's a pod and email me with suggestions to here's at gmail.com. Check out my other movie franchise podcasts including Superman, House, Resident Evil, Batman and more. Also my solo podcast of Elvira, The Fog, They Live and many more. Eh, bye. And remember, I watch these bad movies so you don't have to. Now I'm off to a little bit sunbathing. Bye.